Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you on this Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. I see some folks already chiming in and saying hello which nobody beats me to this, but you you guys beat me to it this morning, which is really cool. Good morning, Frida, and good morning, Howard. By the way, Frida, where where are you located? I know Howard is in Sorrento, BC, but where are you from, Frida? It'd be interesting. I, I might know, but I, I can't remember. Um, today, we're going to actually get into some good news. The last number of weeks, uh, or even in this series, we've been talking about some pretty heavy topics, you know, and Sander from uh, the UK. I'm all here. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what you say. Uh, anyway, I, th- I think it'll be good news. Uh, but we've been talking about some heavy topics. You know, what is hell? That was a really tough one. And then uh, we talked about, you know, angelic beings and stuff. You name it. But today, um, we want to talk about heaven. Let's let's talk about something better. And if nothing else, get a better, more hope-filled perspective on this subject. And uh, we're going to have a two-part discussion on this, uh, this week and next week. Um, and before we record the next ones, I'd love to hear your questions. Um, I'm inviting uh, those that support Still Growing Grace Canada to, to email me and message me. And, and uh, what, first of all, what topics would you like us to discuss? Um, and then on heaven specifically, is there um, a question you may have that's kind of burning? Uh, misconceptions of heaven, because... There, there's a lot, okay, um, and uh, I hope to get into it in a tasteful way. Um, and now, keep in mind, this is not an easy topic because it depends where you are in life. Um, your lens will see it uh, a certain way. Here's here's what I mean. If you've just lost a loved one, um, you're going to view heaven differently than somebody who's not facing loss. Um, if you're in the right in the middle, the core of grief, um, you're looking for something that has hope. Um, you don't want people, you know, taking taking uh, shots across the bow with your incomplete concepts of what heaven could be. But right now, you need those concepts because you're grieving. So we got to be sensitive about it. Because I've listen, I've I've heard people balk uh, uh, and insensitively so uh, at a phrase like this okay oh we're all we're all now or the, our loved ones now an angel floating in heaven watching over us um number one you don't know what is and what is not true so when you balk at that and say well that's just not true don't they know that that is the bible does not say so listen there's a lot the bible does not say so <laughs> okay and uh uh, your your understanding of the authority of of the scriptures matters here. So uh, anyway, let's let's dig in. I'm going to let you enjoy uh, what I think is a healthy conversation um, on what heaven is, 
and uh, these this week and next week will be good. They're, they're about half an hour, um, but it's going to start to unpack some things that you may not have thought of. Uh, yeah, I think you'll enjoy. So let's dive right in, and uh, this is the topic of heaven just being introduced. <laughs> Here we go. All right, folks, it's time for another encouraging episode or discussion, actually, of uh, uh, certain topics that can be, well, people could be thinking about, but no one else to talk to about. So today we're going to talk about uh, heaven, actually, and afterlife stuff. So um, this is actually Bill's idea. And uh, so Richard Murray will join us in, uh, as soon as he shows up. Um, but uh, Bill and I are going to begin the discussion now. Um, this is actually a really great topic. Um, why is it good to you? I'm going to, I'll tell you, I'll ask you first and you can tell, I'll tell you what I think. Well, I think multiple reasons. Um, number one, it's, we, I think tendency wise as even deconstructionists, if you want to use that word, um, even in regular church, hell gets all the pub, right? All the attention. And yet heaven's what it hypothetically all about, whatever heaven means. And I think that's what we'll get into it. Okay. Um, this idea of, of some sort of paradise, some sort of experience that is so far beyond our ability to really imagine of goodness and no tears and every, every, you know, everything has been reconciled for good. I mean, I mean, what, what is there better than that? I mean, yeah. Ice cream on every corner. I don't know. We're going to figure all that out. Right. I mean, that's true. That's going to be the uh, part with, I think we don't spend enough time hoping for, mm-hmm. um, which is the essence of faith, right? So if people are misunderstanding the other topics and we don't understand other concepts of heaven that we may not be aware of, that's what I'm hoping this discussion will do is, yeah. is expose us to other perspectives that we're not privy to because our circle of influence uh, doesn't allow um, for a safe conversation about exploring outside the box, um, yeah. but also introducing uh, ideas that are really important that even the early church considered, you know? So, hey, uh, Richard, good to have you on. We've already started. Um, we're, we've started the discussion on heaven, so we said you'd be joining us. So there you are in a tie. Hi. <laughs> good to be with you guys. Sorry I'm late. Don't be sorry. It's all good. I said, yeah, he's probably trying to find a parking spot. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, just jump in with us. Uh, I was just uh, asking uh, Bill why this topic of heaven could be uh, a really neat, good topic. Uh, I haven't given my opinion yet. Uh, uh, Do you have a reason why the topic of heaven or afterlife is an exciting topic to you? Sure. I I think that uh, anything that gets our imagination salivating uh, in a sanctified way, you know, imaginations are wonderful things when when they're sanctified and when they're when they're aimed toward the light as opposed to being aimed toward the dark. Uh, And you can see when it's aimed toward the dark, the imaginations that have run rampant with the hell delusions that we've been talking about. But so, too, with heaven. I mean, we should have such a you know, Ephesians has a passage in it that says, you know, now to God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, you know, according to the power that works in us. But, you know, there's so much there to unload and unpack. But when you think about it, how awesome is that, that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above everything I can ask or everything I can think. So when I think of heaven, 
it is just off the scale, you know, and, and Jesus said, you know, we, we can only, what shall we liken the kingdom of heaven to or the kingdom of God? And I know that there's an aspect that the kingdom is with us here now and a big aspect of that. But I, but there's also a future, you know, there's also a future to come, the postmortem existence to come. And, uh, you know, Paul looked for that day, uh, you know, to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. And he had Christ in him then and there, but he knew that to die is gain. You know, so so that's an incredible statement to me. To die is gain. So that whatever we go to, it is going to be exceedingly abundantly above anything we can ask or think. And, you know, uh, some people get accused of being platonic that have this idea. Uh, you know, Plato believed in this chain of being that everything on uh, that there's a chain of being with heaven being the highest chain of being. And everything lower on the chain reflects something that's in heaven. And that a chair, for instance, you know, even though, you know, a chair that holds together may be better than a chair that falls apart, maybe, and then there's always a better version of it. But if you go up the chain of being that ultimately there's a chair in heaven that may not even resemble the chairs on our plane of understanding, but it, it, it is the is the perfect version of it. And, and I like that idea because it's all in Hebrews, you know, that all the ceremony, the Old Testament, all the regulations, all the, you know, all the temple uh, artifacts, all the festivals, everything is a shadow of the heavenly truth. Something and and it points to Jesus, right? Yeah. So I, yes, yes, always points to Jesus. And, um, and so, so we can only really approach it by allegory, you know, really, or metaphor, or however you want to say it. We can only say what it's like. You know, this is an aspect of something, but we need to leave, we need to have a, a loose grip on it, I think, you know, that, that it's exceedingly abundantly, and I can ask and think quite a lot, okay? I could, I could imagine a, a heaven that I would like, you know, but, but he's able to do so far above that that we have to yield, yield the floor to him. That whatever, I, I do sense, I, I, I was saying earlier, you know, I do sense that we're going to have a level of unity. Whatever heaven is, that we all are going to be unified in a way that is going to be so perfect and wonderful and vulnerable and yet also uh, goodwilled towards each other. The unity that's going to be in the body, you know, of, of, of the assembly of the firstborn, you know, Hebrews calls it, it's the assembly of the firstborn, you know, uh, so, yeah, I think it's an exciting thing to talk about. And it is speculative, but it's okay to speculate. I mean, it, it's fun to speculate. The Lord wants us to speculate, you know, so why not? And we honor him when we do. You know, that's the way I, the best, I always say the person with the best view of God wins in any argument. The person <laughs> who has the worthiest view of God. <laughs> that's cool. I, uh, I like the uh, topic of heaven because I have a connection to all the funeral work I do. And I've had to come to grips with the repetition of stories that have elements repeated from testimonies from those family members who've watched their loved one pass away. Uh, me sitting in a room while someone's passing away and seemingly come back and saying something vice versa, tons of stories, but the, the story started to pile up and I'm thinking, wait a minute, there's a bit of a pattern here. There's something to this that we've not been told. And um, uh, yeah, it made me explore what, what are angels? What's their role? 
Um, and then, especially as we explore uh, quantum physics in, 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 to some degree, there are, there's an element there that something's going on that we're not aware of or can see. Um, yeah, just asking more questions, it's not scary. And yet the church won't let you because they've got it all figured out in their theological textbooks. So, and I think, I think this is where I would say very similar to the discussion we've had with, you know, those really awful versions of eternal conscious torture and all mm -hmm. these kind of things that the, the literalism of, of, you know, fundamentalism and from of evangelicalism to a large degree is what hamstrings us with the mm -hmm. conversation of heaven to a large degree. It, it's, it's not the cartoonish depictions of, a gate and you know a big book and we're flipping through it and we find your name and then we let you in and you go up the escalator and there's clouds and we're all wearing tunics and a little halo and and eating <laughs> eating cream cheese with crackers <laughs> yeah exactly right yet yet so much of our culture has inundated us with those depictions of you know is this giant worship service and we're all just sitting in our pew and we all got our hands raised and it's singing nonstop worship, you know, Hillsong worship songs to oh. Jesus, right? That's, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> but that's what I've heard before, right? Yeah. I don't know if you have. And it's yeah. like, no, this, I think the, the opportunity for this discussion is that to just like Richard said, crack open some concepts of something so much more beautiful, so much more robust, so much more life-giving, so much more involved, has work involved, but not work as we know it, not toiling and sweating by the brow and by the thorn, but by the way it was intended to be, you know, we have had to go through this, but there is a paradise that's very indicative and resemble it, the garden experience that's, you know, in the, in the scriptures that that's paralleled on the backside, but in maturation, right. in mm. full fruited form. And so I think that's, that's the opportunity we have to talk about. I like what uh, Richard said right at the start. Richard, you didn't know how brilliant this was. Maybe you did, but when you say it's speculative, that um, it kind of like lets everybody relax a bit. You know, you don't have to have your tension high of, oh no, what are they going to say? And I'm going to challenge that one. The Bible says this there. Well, you can loosen up your butt cheeks a bit and listen because yeah. there could be um, an expression that you've not heard before or something's going to happen in you. Something's going to click and you're going to go, that actually makes sense. And then you explore a whole new path. That's when you said that you just gave permission to people to not pigeonhole any one of us. Cause I don't know if we all three agree on everything on this. Uh, we have different perspectives, but I'm eager to hear your perspectives and learn as well. So that's why this could be fun. Yep. All right. Agree. Oh, the only thing I remember now for what is heaven is an old youth group song. Whoa, heaven's in my heart. Remember that one? <laughs> I don't. But that you don't? Like old, oh, bro. Old youth group song. <laughs> anyway, so heaven. Let's talk about distortions real quick. And then we'll get into where your lenses are. Because, Bill, you said you're pretty passionate about some stuff. Yeah. And um, I'm certain Richard has definitely... <laughs> Uh, wrestle with this stuff before. So I, I, let's, let's just give us a quick intro to what you, what, what's on your mind. You can go first, Bill. Okay, perfect. Well, yeah, I mean, again, traditionally, a lot of those depictions are there, whether I want them to be or not. Right. And so I've had to wrestle through those, but you know, you have that old, 
Uh, I'm storing my crowns in heaven and extra jewels in my crown, right? So I want to go into that one for sure. There's, at some this, point. there's this mansion with many rooms, right? <laughs> and I got a room and I'm starting to build some treasure there. I don't really know what that means. I think I got to work for it. I got to earn it. Right. So that's one. I was always, you, you, have, you haven't graduated to room service yet. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a giant hotel. <laughs> I've traveled enough. So, you know, the worst thing you can do when you get in a hotel is you go up to the elevator and you get off and I'm going, please go to the end of the hall. Please go there. Oh, no. Nope. It's the first one next to the elevator right across the bay from the ice machine. Ah, oh, crap. Right. So then now I'm going, okay, heaven, I want to get a good room in the mansion. Right. And I don't want the bad room and somebody's going to get the crap room, but I, I you know, there's levels and it, no, I, I think that's one thing we just got to dispel and we'll get down the road to that. I'm, so I'm talking about what heaven's not, I think, to start. Uh, the other one is, and I, this one I think unsettles people. It, in my opinion, I'm a little bit outside the box here and I, it, I don't want to go so far that people get upset, but I want them to hear what I have to say gently is, you know, I've always had that sense where grandma's in heaven looking down on me or grandpa's in heaven or my mom or my dad's looking on heaven looking down. I'm not saying that's not true, but I don't think it's the, the way we think it's happening. I think there's this idea between linear time and timefulness that we'll talk about here more as we get going, that, that we can't necessarily put ourselves into these boxes where as we're going through linear time, the experience that is the party, that is the, the engagement of the full union of all souls in, reconcili in reconciliation with Christ and, and the harmony of all things being reconciled together for good is not a future event. It is a present event. It is a past event. It is an all-encompassing event of time and space. And grandma's not in necessarily parallel with us in linear time and yet maybe in a way she is and i think that's taking it out of the only being in linear time is the the kind of concept i want to give people and, and a taste to that this idea of the cosmic reconciliation of all things is not to come it is but it is also present mm -hmm. and that's really hard for us to wrap our head, heads around so that's just a taste of some of the weirdness i have <laughs> cool Richard. Well, I agree. I mean, I, I, I like, uh, I, I love what, what Bill just said, and I'm, I'm on board with it. Uh, you know, Ephesians says that we're seated now with Christ in heavenly places. Now we're seated, not, not, not were, not will be. We are seated now. Some aspect of us, which I believe to be our spirits, is seated with Christ now in heavenly places. So we have that first fruit taste of heaven through the Holy Spirit. But what we want is that, that, that spirit to be on earth as it is in heaven. We want that will manifest on earth as it is in heaven, which was what Jesus said the daily prayer is to be, to manifest heaven on earth. And a part of us is already in heaven. And that's why when people say, well, who were the sons of God? And who, who is the assembly of the firstborn saints? My theory is we are. We all are up there now. Some aspect of us is up there now in our spirit beings, in our spirit men. And that's when Jesus says the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is within you. It's like there, is un there are universes within us and that that's the portal to heaven. It it's within. But having said that, the, the Lord's end game is that it comes out of us as, as, as the rivers of living water and that heaven is poured forth on the earth. Uh, and and I, I'm, I'm kind of old fashioned. I believe 1 Corinthians 15 is talking about a transmutation of all reality. 
when the day of the Lord comes, it says everything shall change in the twinkling of an eye. And as, as death is cast out, as we put on immortality, all so many good things happening in that chapter. But I, I believe it's a, it's a, uh, uh, what is the term? Uh, critical mass uh, type of thing where when the kingdom of God fully unfurls, this whole earth is going to change. There won't be any more death. Uh, and I understand people have different views of that, but I, I'm kind of old fashioned in that regard. Something greater is waiting us than we've ever seen, but we've already experiencing this on the inside to degrees, to degrees. So uh, anyway, I, I, but, but I believe it's already been done. And that, I mean, I posted something today about Ephesians four uh, talking about uh, one way to cleanse our palate from hell is to just read Ephesians four. I think it's starting in verse seven through 10, somewhere in that range where, where, uh, you know, Jesus, it says he descended, you know, the grace is given to each one of us because Jesus descended into the depths. He descended into hell and then he led captivity captive, leading all the lost souls out of hell. And uh, and then they he, he leads captivity captive and they all ascend to heaven with him. And then uh, and then that this, this is his purpose. He might fill all things that Jesus might fill everything. And I just think that's awesome. But I think that that's, uh, you know, what we're talking about here is Jesus filling all things and we cooperating with that and letting him fill our thoughts, letting him fill this earth, letting him fill our prayer life, letting him fill everything with himself. Um, and that that's, uh, but that that's already happened. That wasn't like Bill said, this isn't something that's going to happen. This is something that's already happened. Because what are you saying that, that if you weren't there, when Jesus died on the cross and went to hell, that, that you're still in hell? No, that event that's described there is an eternal event. Like Bill said, out of linear time, everybody was included. And he led captivity captive. Everyone who was chained, whose soul was still chained in hell. He set those souls free to rejoin their spirits, which is in heaven. If all our spirits are in heaven as the assembly of the firstborn, then the only thing that goes to hell is, is our souls, which is our mind, will, and emotions. And, and, and I could even, I mean, I don't want to get too far afield, but Jesus said, Father, you will not ascend. You will not leave my soul in hell. He said that in Acts 2. But what did he say on the cross? Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Is, you know, so, so the spirit was already is there with the Father. And, and the soul is what is here to be renewed. You know, that's, what, that's the only thing that is, is left unrenewed at this point. And that's a day by day walk, you know, where we renew, renew our souls. So I, I don't want to get too much into that, but, but anyhow, um, so, so that's my taste. That's a, that's a good one. Now in that uh, concept, uh, how, how would the, let's say called the second coming of Jesus fit into all that? Well, uh, I, I, uh, I do believe in a second coming, but I don't believe before, well, do you want me to answer that or Bill? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't care. It, it's uh, to me, it's a natural. Uh, you run to that thought, so I'm not going to be the only one thinking that right now. Okay. Well, I, well, I don't. I'll give it a quick answer and let Bill take over. But uh, my my thing is that I don't believe that Jesus comes down from the planet planet God. You know that he comes down in a spaceship and he arrives on Earth, or even that he comes down without a spaceship. I believe that when this, when it, the way I read first Corinthians 15, you know, we're to grow the, the body of Christ is the key. If you want the true template of when the day of the Lord is, it's how the maturity of the body of Christ, because it says when we mature, we shall see him as he is. Mm -hmm. All right. But we have to grow faith, faith and our body. 
that's that, our awareness that, 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 that yes the unity in the body of christ is is it is and our maturity in the body of christ that's the timetable that's the that's the, that tells us what's going on and we're we're still immature right now you know we're we're, we're hanging in there but we are immature and we have a long way to grow and to go. But when we hit that critical mass of unity that Ephesians is talking about, that's when I believe the twinkling of the eye event happens. And Jesus manifests in our midst. He not only manifests in our body, because we are the body of Christ, but he also, phys- I believe he, he physically will likewise manifest in our midst. But he's here now. I mean, Jesus is fully here now. It's just a matter of recognition of it. But then when the body fully takes, assumes its role that we're called to, then I think he'll he'll manifest physically in the midst and heaven and earth will be one and everything in the twinkling of an eye. I know I keep saying that, but it's one of my favorite terms in the twinkling of an eye. Everything will be changed as death puts on immortality. We are putting on immortality at that critical mass moment. Yeah. And I, yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with Richard. One of the interesting things I think about the second coming is you have to really understand his first apparent heavenly departure to kind of understand his second heavenly coming right so we have to look at the ascension and the ascension is a really interesting little tale there and and i think it's been somewhat overlooked or misunderstood in in a small regard at least from my perspective um there's a line that says he will come back the same way he left right but i think we kind of i think i don't know i get the opinion or it's my opinion we've kind of twisted that up uh, and we think that he's going to come back down on clouds because he went up on clouds, but that's not what it really says. He goes up and then he dissolves into the clouds, right? And um, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And what I believe that meant is he 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 Jesus, if you will, uh, went into the the quantum, if you want to call it, what is behind the curtain of what we would consider this Newtonian reality, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes into this place this dimension beyond the dimensions we can physically perceive but we can spiritually connect with undoubtedly right and then the angel says why are you looking for him up there um and he goes that's not how he's coming back right um why are you staring at what's seen don't you see he isn't coming back that way he is now hidden in the clouds right but then he goes on to say um the same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Not come out of heaven, go into. So he's coming back through the same extra dimensional presence that Richard was just talking about. And I do too believe that we will have a physical interaction with Jesus in some sort of renewed um, earth uh, if you want to call that, but I think it's going to be so much more beyond the conception of anything we can even fathom. And I'm going to give one example. So if, you, if you'll uh, bear with me, um, modern physics, uh, quantum extra dimensionality, grand unification theory, all these kind of concepts going on in modern sciences are starting to realize there's something far bigger than what we were able to sense for, you know, millennia prior. And uh, one of the interesting things in grand unification theory is taking the, the cosmic physics that deal with how a literally multi-universes are kind of held together, right? How the Milky Way is held together and reconciling the mathematics on that scale with the same mathematics that hold the, the nucleus of an atom together, right? 
And so they obviously exist in the same Newtonian reality, but the mathematics don't align. And you know, that basic balancing of the equation thing most of us hated in school. Well, you can do that on these massive scales because they enter into this, they exist in the same plane of reality, and yet they don't balance. So grand unification theory is trying to reconcile cosmic and microcosmic mathematics and one of the variables that they had to start plugging in and playing with to start bringing these into alignment was dimensions. We live in a three-dimensional realm, right? At least spatially, height, width, depth, right? There's time is another one that can be kind of considered a, a unidirectional dimension. We're affixed to time. We can say, okay, time's a fourth dimension, right? At least uh, in, a, in a concept. They started playing with those dimensional numbers and it came to 11 dimensions before these mathematics started to align. So the, the mathematics behind it that undergird the universe say that there's 11 or more <laughs> dimensions that, that exist tightly rolled into the, the fabric of the creation that we experience. And that's what we be string theory, right? You, you roll these extra dimensions tight enough, somewhere down the line, they start to look like strings. And basically strings are rolled dimensions inside of it. Anyway, getting to a point. We can't even think of a dimension beyond three. It's impossible for us to consider. I'll put it this way. In a fourth physical dimension, a basketball can turn itself inside out and never break its edge. Now everybody's brain is going, no, right? Uh, uh, but it's true. Uh, we can take, and the way we know this is you can mathematically build a tesseract. And if there's any Marvel movie fans out there, right? Uh, the tesseract's one of the, the infinity stones, but the tesseract's a real concept and it's a five, a four-dimensional box, four-dimensional cube. We can't fathom it. We can't, but this goes back to what you said, Richard, just a minute ago. The way we know it can exist is we can model it in a computer and we can observe its shadow. Hmm. We can only observe its shadow. And if you Google Tesseract shadow, you can find one on Google, uh, YouTube, and it'll show you uh, this box. And it looks like a, a, a cube turning inside out on itself. And what it is, it's the shadow of a fourth dimensional image. That's all we can see. Because we can only see a shadow of a fourth dimensional image. Just like a two-dimensional, a three-dimensional image can cast a two-dimensional shadow. Same concept, right? So we have to go down a level to understand all this stuff. That's one dimension. Hmm. One. If there are 11, let alone 11 beyond the 11, beyond the 11, beyond the 11, we can't be under, begin to conceive what Jesus has entered into and can manifest himself out of. That's my point. Putting God in a little bit of a box, just like I did with one extra dimension, blows the box away. Sorry, that was deep, but I mean, that's the, that's the complementary factor that we have in our world today to align themselves with some of these scriptural references. The twinkling of an eye, yes, that can be a, a fraction of a, a picosecond. It could also be a millennia from a different perspective and a different angle. Mm. <laughs> well, this will point to what, you know, the kingdom of God coming, right? Mm. Like it's, to me, it's all connected. And my, my, when I first heard, this uh, representation of a dream that uh, Daniel interpreted to Nebuchadnezzar, that was, it, everything clicked for me. 
when I when I heard the an interpretation an interpretation of this dream where that rock was cut from a mountain with non-human hands, and the rock hit the statue, statue fell, and that's where everybody stops. Oh, that's cool, statues down. Oh yeah, man, cool. But the best part is, the rock grows and fills the entire earth. To me, the kingdom of God has come, is not going anywhere. It's in us. It's around us. Uh, heaven's connected to it somehow. I don't know how, but there's a connection that I'm hungry to keep exploring. But I know it's not what I was told, that the kingdom of God is dying and going to heaven. That's what many people believe, I think. Absolutely. Richard, what do you think? You're on mute, Richard. He's on mute. If you can hear us, you're muted, Richard. Okay, sorry. No problem. <laughs> uh, no, that was good. My, my connection is going in and out, so I've missed a lot of it, but I, I, okay. I loved everything that I could hear that, that Bill was saying and you were just saying. Uh, that, that There's just more to heaven and earth than, than we can. It, it's, it's like, um, I, I know we've used this metaphor before, but like, you know, pictures are pixelated. You know, you just can't get you. You just can't get a clear uh, picture of it, but you can get a rough, rough it? It, and you just sort of have to be happy with that. You are the well, example of that right now. <laughs> I'm <about> pixelating. <laughs> well, I can't. Y'all aren't even moving. You're, you're talking without moving your lips. So I'm guessing. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but I, I'd agree. That's okay. You're right. The, I see that. The old image is we die and we go to heaven and, you know, there's some sort of other thing going. And, and you know, I think that's such a limiting view. It, it is it is such a limiting view. And another component to heaven that I think is so unexplored or underexplored is the idea that, that we are co-creators right now, Right. I think this is one of the things that, that I, I don't see enough people just latching onto just in life in general. Cause it's not, cause it sounds weird, Bill. It is. But, but beyond even co-creators, what are we co-creating? I don't know. That's why it sounds weird. So using the term, <laughs> it, it sounds like a, um, a special term for an in group of people. So it's not. I, 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 I agree. Everybody is participating. It sounds terrible. Even Hitler participated. What, what are we creating? That's, that's the question that nobody tends to answer. I hear a lot of people talking about we're co-creators. What are we co-creating? If every human being is a divine image bearer of, of God, which I believe, I mean, and I don't think it's really scripturally undeniable that every human is an image bearer. I mean, that's, you know, now are we all alienated? Are we all sinful? Or do we have other aspects of our humanity that's lost and confused and incomplete? No doubt. We were all given dominion over this earth, right? And we've been all tasked to participate with this creation in some way, shape, or form to, to lack of a better word, construct, create something, you know, and a lot of times you know, there's only three three guarantees in life, life or something, death and taxes, right? Death and taxes, or is it just death and taxes, right? Is that all this is about? Is death and taxes? I, I don't think so. I think there's something much more beautiful and more purposeful, right, for each one of us. And when we tap into that, all of a sudden light bulbs go off and we can start to actually 
be aware of the co-creation a and be aware of what it actually is building because once you it's like a piece it's like if you so i'm in construction in a way i was telling mike right before this i do audio visual systems for a living that's that's what we do if i was a building a, a piece of a system one little block over here and i had no idea of the giant concept of what i was dealing with i could be really bored and really unaware that this has any value whatsoever but once I understand and everything gets plugged in and there's a full blueprint of the entirety of the system that's being created and this essential piece of a tiny, tiny thing that paints a giant mosaic picture, you know, technology in my world, all of a sudden, if I had an understanding of that, I understand how much more critical and wonderful my involvement in my small piece of that is. Well, I think that's just a beautiful metaphor of what I think co-creating means in its relationship with what I believe heaven is as well. Let's, let's uh, um, continue that for the next half. Okay. Um, Cause I think this is good. Uh, Cause I want to ask you a question about creating and participating in heaven. Some people think we're just going to show up and we've arrived and there's nothing going to be new, but I think those are misconceptions. I agree. So let's wrap this up. Thank you everyone. Uh, make sure you watch part two of this next time. See y'all later. All righty. I, I hope that was fun. Uh, great. Uh, probably just opening the can of worms, but a great discussion uh, that uh, we're going to continue next week. Uh, and again, I'd love to hear your questions about heaven. Email me, message me, text me, whatever. Um, I want to get into this and make sure we cover the real questions people have. And everybody that watches this show are real people, okay? I don't think I have anybody following me that's like like uh, an over, um, uh, over-spiritualist. And um, anyway, I, I like to be down-to-earth normal-ish <laughs> and, and ask the questions that aren't being asked or question the answers that we've been given. That's probably a better way to put it because uh, I've been unlearning the system of religion for a lot of years. And it's it's like the, it, the, the train is picking up speed. There's more and more to unlearn. But as I unlearn um, what's being pushed, what's being pushed out as truth fills my cup is the, the, the crud on the top is being pushed out and over. And so the Holy Spirit is just pouring more and more truth into me. And all the false concepts are being poured out and being spilled and put away. And I don't have to be clogged up with all that. And it's really cool. And from what's been pushed out, there's a lot more to be pushed out. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I was thinking of a couple points in this uh, discussion that I thought were really good as I was re-listening to it. Again, um, it's a pre-recorded because that's the only way we can do this, but I'm live with you and I'm watching and listening live with you. And I'm still shocked at how much I hear and learn while I'm listening with you that I didn't hear in my discussion, probably because I'm so wrapped up in the discussion, doing the tech, making sure everything's set correctly. But I love just listening to this with you and engaging. I see the comments coming in here. That's pretty cool. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you a quick shout out. Actually, let's go through the comments real quick because I want to know where some of you are from. Frida, if you're still watching, tell me where you're from. Howard, good morning. Sandra from the UK, great that you're watching. Um, uh, Chen Joe, I don't know who you are, uh, but I think you're in the Philippines. Um, yeah, do you remember that song, Sandra? Oh, 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 heavens in my heart. Now, even though I made fun of it, uh, it actually might be a bit true. I have to go back and read the lyrics. That'd be hilarious. Um, Michael down in Oregon. Good morning. 
Linda. Hey, Linda, where are you from? Uh, I'm, I'm curious, uh, which province or state? I think you're in the States. Uh, Marianne, you're watching from YouTube. Good morning. Where are you from? Um, and I, Sandra, I don't know that song that you're talking about there, but I'll look that up too. Um, and so on. Yeah, I, I, you're right, Howard. I got to listen to this again. It's so good. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, there we go. And oh, Marianne's from Australia. No way. That's so cool. We love you guys. Uh, I'm watching a cop show. <laughs> uh, my wife and I are watching this uh, cop show from Australia. I think it's called Mystery Road. I don't know if you've heard of it, but <laughs> um, we love watching a series. Usually it's BBC series or, you know, cop series or whatever. The Queen, Victoria, whatever, all kinds of stuff. Um, it's just pretty cool. We love watching those kinds of shows. Okay, here's where I want to go with this first. Um, uh, it Some of the lyrics of some of the songs we sing in church, um, while they're fun, the, the, they're, they're teaching a crazy doctrine sometimes. If you just think it through, let me let me see if you'll uh, if you know this one right away. You're gonna go, oh yeah! And it, this this next song, I love the song. I love the upbeatness. Oh, it's fun. It's great to sing with people, but the words sometimes. Oh my goodness! But I still like the song, and it's okay to do that. Here's why. So listen to this. These are the days of Elijah declaring the word of the Lord, and these are the days of your servant. Moses, righteousness being restored. And though, and then we get to, Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. Depends which group you're with. Like a trumpet call, lift your voice. Anyway, uh, this it's talking about the days of Elijah. And yet it's a catchy tune. So how can we... Now, listen, if you're growing in grace and unlearning stuff, one of the reactions are going to be, well, we can't... I'm not singing that song because it's wrong. You don't have to do that. You just don't have to do that anymore. Let's stop um, spitting and fighting at the Christian songs. Unless they're really irking you, then just don't sing it. But this one, while it's still catchy, yeah, quit laughing, Sandra. Uh, while it's catchy, um, you can still sing it. And here, here's why you can still sing it. While the theology is incorrect, because um, uh, it's not the days of Elijah. It's the day of Christ right now. The kingdom of heaven's here right now. Anyway. There's nothing wrong with singing a song with folks you love. Do you ever sit around a campfire or, or with a group of people or if you're in a bar and somebody starts singing this song? Tell me if you would know it and if you would go, oh, I love this song. Got my first real six string, bought it at the five and dime, played it till my fingers bled. It was the summer of 69, me and some guys from school had a band and we tried real hard. Jimmy quit, Jody got married, should have known we'd never get far. And then back into, like, you know the song and suddenly the whole group, ah, I know the song. And it's so much fun. What's the difference between that excitement happening in a bar or around a campfire versus a church? Fun song, everybody knows. It's okay. So if you're looking for a way to redeem some things that are fun, you don't want to toss it because it's fun. Um, uh, there's one, that was a concept that hit me this morning. That was really, it's like, okay, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I changed the words for some of our worship songs on Sunday mornings because they're just flat out wrong. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Anyway, too fun. And then lastly, the twinkling of an eye. Um, the, uh, I'm glad uh, um, Richard talked about that in the, in the uh, program because 
it'll be, we've been told in churchianity that it's in the twinkling of an eye Jesus will come. And yet it doesn't talk about coming in the clouds. So that it's been pointed to as a rapture moment that in the twinkling of an eye you'll be gone. Um, in fact, I saw a t-shirt that saw these uh, um, running sneakers empty with a poof of air shooting upwards and they use it as a rapture um, uh, 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 image. And yet we need to add to our understanding so we're not stuck with kindergarten terminology, kindergarten language, okay? Nothing wrong with kindergarten, but it's incomplete. Even what we're sharing today, incomplete. There's so much more to learn. Uh, we're not done learning. And if you think you know it all, if you're spitting and you know angry because, oh, you're wrong and it's, it's not that at all, then you're obviously not a good student or a good teacher because good teachers, good students recognize that there are many different lenses. And if you don't recognize that, you've not been taught well. I've not been taught well, okay? If, if it's been one thing shoved down your throat, if you're not allowed to challenge or question the answers given to you, something is wrong, dead wrong. So anyway, um, there's enough going on these days, especially when it comes back to music in, in, the, in the world of worship songs. Uh, and worship songs don't have to be church songs, <laughs> There are people writing songs because they're musicians and they're seeing the expansive love of God and they're writing about it. That's a worship song. So please don't pigeonhole yourself into churchianity language. Um, but instead, let, let's explore this topic of heaven uh, as bigger, wider, better than we've been told. And so I, I hope you'll enjoy uh, this, uh, this mini-series. I don't know how many weeks we're going to go, but if you do send me a question or something you'd like us to discuss, uh, send it via private messenger, email, uh, go to the website, which is in the links below, and send me a message there um, or private message, message me on Facebook if you're a Facebook friend. And uh, I'd, I'd love to hear um, additional lenses that people are thinking about that they're, I said, please help me understand this one better. Um, and if we can, we will. Uh, and if not, we'll find uh, someone who has a different lens and bring them on and, and talk about it. We don't have all the answers, but it's sure fun to discuss it and grow with everyone else because the show is called Still Growing in Grace. After all, none of us have arrived. So thank you for uh, being here today and watching. Uh, thank you that, uh, uh, you, you're, first of all, those that are messaging, I love it because it's a lot of fun. And it's 8.46 a.m. here. I'm one of the few people that will do a morning program, all right? Everybody else does it in the evenings, and sometimes I think, should I switch to an evening? But everybody else is, and then I'll conflict with them. I don't want to do that. But my evenings are not convenient. You know what? I'm sticking with what I've got here because this, this works for me. And, um, uh, yeah, it's fun. You can watch later anyway. Anyway, that's it. Hope you guys have a great day. It's time to uh, uh, finish our, our time here. And I hope you'll come back next week to watch part two. Uh, if you like this, uh, click like, share it if you want. It's up to you. Uh, and that's it. Oh, it's, oh, right. It's PM. It's in the evening uh, in Australia. That's really cool. Love it. All right. That's it, guys. Have a fantastic day. Oh, 13. That means it's 147 in, uh, in England. Okay, 6 a.m. here in, in uh, Sorrento, B.C. <laughs> okay, we're at all kinds of time zones. So, Howard, you win. You're the earliest in the morning right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my goodness. Okay, let's dig in. You guys have a great day, and uh, we'll catch you next time.
Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.